Hi, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real, a podcast where we study the scriptures together, where we let the scriptures uh, answer our questions, answer our concerns, uh, helps us to guide us through life. You know, the Bible does say that uh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and uh, we're just trying to let the Bible light our path and light our lives. And that's kind of the goal of this podcast, is to help each other, uh, including myself, to make sure that we get better and that we all get to heaven together. On last week's uh, episode of When the Scriptures uh, Become Real, we discussed the topic of what do we do and what do we say when, when God says no. You know, when he says yes, we're thankful, we believe it's a blessing. But when he says no, he may be protecting you for the moment. Uh, he may be allowing you to grow so you can be better for when he does says yes. And so we kind of discussed uh, that topic last week. This week we want to discuss the topic, uh, the scripture becomes real when we talk about loving one another. Um, that's something that's preached on a lot. That's something that's uh, taught a lot. Uh, but I think it's, it's, it's really good just to study it and uh, look at the life of Christ and how he did it. You know, the way that he loved um, is the standard. Um, we don't determine uh, what love is. Christ already already determined it. He did it first, and so we're supposed to follow how he did it. And so we'll, we'll get into that today. But like we always start off with, we start off with a positive quote for the day. And one quote um, I read this morning says this, Love one another as Jesus loves you. Try to show kindness in all that you do. Be gentle and loving in deed and in thought, for these are the things that Jesus taught. You know, and that's true. You know, Jesus was kind um, and he showed love. But the thing about Christ, and we'll get into that too, Jesus not only showed love through his kindness, Jesus showed love through his discipline. Jesus showed love through how he disciplined uh, his disciples, how he disciplined those that went against him. You know, Jesus wasn't... um, you know, how people uh, look at him and how people think that he was. He wasn't just, you know, uh, a fun-loving person. You know, Jesus did love everyone, but Jesus also knew when to be kind. He knew when to be gentle, but he also knew when to put his foot down. But the motive behind each one, whether he was gentle or whether he had to put his foot down, the motive wasn't uh, hatred there and love here. The motive was love behind both of them because when Jesus was gentle— he loved whoever he was talking to. But when Jesus was harsh, that what people think, I'm putting up air quotes, when he was harsh, he was also showing his love there. And so we have to have both. You know, we can't be, uh, you know, on one side and on this side too in terms of the harshness and the gentleness. You know, and Jesus showed how we should love. So let, let's get to that. Let's, let's open our Bibles and let's go to John, uh, John chapter 13. And this is where he really lays down the law. And this is really the standard of where uh, love is drawn from. In John chapter 13, and before we start this, let's kind of define what what the love we're talking about here. Uh, Most of the time when we talk about love in the scripture, it's not the phileo love or the brotherly love. Most of the time when the scripture talks about love, it talks about that agape love. And agape simply means the sacrificial type of love. And again, here we'll see that Jesus was the standard for this. He died for us. So he sacrificed his own life 
for all of us. That he sacrifices love. And that's what love does in, um, in a friendship, in a relationship, in a marriage. Love sacrifices and love always gives. Uh, one thing um, that I've learned from a lot of other uh, married couples that follow the scripture, um, a lot of them said, you know, their marriages survived, you know, 40, 50, 60 years um, because of because of the love that Jesus had. And that love that Jesus had was instilled in both of them as individuals. And then once they got together, that's how their love continued to grow because they had it as individuals. Um, love is always willing to sacrifice for the other person. Um, and that's what Jesus did. But again, defining this, <coughs> excuse me, love is not a feeling in a sense, the scriptural type of love. Uh, how do you know that? Well, think about all the denominations that are out there. You know, we'll just say this prayer and, and Jesus will enter into your heart and you'll feel all this love and you'll feel all this fuzziness. And that's not what scriptural love does. And I think in a sense, the church has a misconception about what love is. Love isn't that fuzzy feeling that you feel about somebody when they do something nice to you. That's great, but that's not the type of love that's always mentioned in the scripture. Now, let's notice this. John chapter 13, and let's start uh, in verse 33. Little children, yet a little while while I'm with you, you shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And by this, all men shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Notice Jesus put a, puts a, a condition there, and it's a small word, if, that ye love one another and also as, love one another as I have loved you. Here's a question. How did Jesus love you? How did Jesus love me? Well, here, here's what most people say. Well, he, he left heaven and died for us. Yeah, it's a quick answer. It's the right one, but it's too quick. Sit there. Have you ever sat there and really thought about how Jesus loves you as an individual? Think about everything that he's done for you. And let, let's make it personal. Jesus, if you were, and if I were, the only human being on earth, Jesus would still have done what he did for all of us. Jesus left heaven. Just think about that in general. That's where we're trying to go. We're living our lives so we can go to heaven. Jesus left heaven. That's the biggest, that's the biggest number one there. That's how much he loves you because he left perfection. He left the most beautiful place that has ever been described and that uh, has ever been written about. He left that place. Not only did he leave that place, but number two, he left the place of authority. He is the son of God. And he left a beautiful place of heaven, a place of rest, a place of no pain, a place of just sheer beauty. And he left to come to earth to endure the worst pain, endure loneliness, be betrayed just for you and just for me. Have you thought about that? And think about this, and I've heard this explained before, but imagine Jesus. Remember, 
in John 1, uh, in Genesis, it talks about, uh, you know, Christ basically, he was the creator. He created the world. Think about this. Think about something that you created. And what if that creation that you created turned on you and killed you? You gave that thing life. You gave it a place to live. You gave it sustenance. You gave it everything to be successful. And then once that thing began to get on its own, it turns on you. That's basically what happened to Christ. Imagine this. He created man. And when you create man and you see how evil he becomes and the father has a plan and he decides to have you as the son to take on a shell of a human being and to become us, to become the creation. And once you become us, we turn on the son of God. That's, it's unfathomable what he did. And he did all that because he loved us. Jesus Christ was willing to leave the glories of heaven, willing to leave the throne of God, willing to leave the beauty of heaven to come down and live a lowly life for us. So the commandment is love one another as I have loved you, that ye also should love one another. So love should be sacrificial, right? So if it's sacrificial and Christ showed it to us, then how should I show my love to someone else? How should they show their love to me? Just as Christ did. But I want you to notice something about Christ. Christ didn't just love those that loved him. Christ loved those that hated him. And that's where this, that's where this lesson becomes hard. And that's where this becomes real. Because think about this. Here's an illustration. Imagine the congregation where you go to. And imagine every single seat and every single pew was full of people that you know and that you know that loves you. Imagine how, how amazing that would be to see those people all the time and to see how much that they love you. Now, imagine that same congregation, those people that love you are gone. And imagine every single seat and every single pew is full of people that you know don't like you, that are your enemies. Here's the question. Can you, I'm talking to myself too, can you and can I love those people that are, that are our enemies just as we love those that love us? Well, Jordan, I don't, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know if, if that type of love is in me. Well, it needs to be. How can you say that? Because it was in Christ. And Christ set the standard for love. And so it's my job and it's your job not only to love those that love us, but to love our enemies. Here's a perfect example. Go back one, a couple pages here. Let's go to John, actually the same chapter, John 13. <coughs> And Jesus shows us the perfect example. Now, let's set the stage here. Remember, Christ is here about to wash the disciples' feet in John chapter 13. Now, remember who, who Christ is. Christ is God. From the moment he came to this earth, he knew the pain that he would endure. He knew the betrayals that he would have to endure. He knew the enemies that were coming. And eventually, he knew all that time he was here. 
Remember, he knows everything. He is God on earth. He knew that Judas would betray him. Now, can you imagine handpicking this man and he walks with you, communes with you. You help him for three and a half years. And then you know that this man would betray you and he would ultimately lead you to the worst pain that you would ever feel. Now, can you imagine being Christ knowing that and knowing that every time Judas was with you, he's going to betray me? Can you imagine that, knowing that this man walking next to you is going to betray you? But does the scripture ever indicate Jesus ever treating Judas any differently? I don't see it. My Bible doesn't say it. And here's a prime example. Look at this. John 13. And let's go, let's start in verse, uh, let's start in verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of the world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them until the end. That's a beautiful phrase there. Verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Watch. Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and he was come to God and he went to God and he rises from his supper and he laid down his garments and he took a towel and he girded himself and he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said, what I do Knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. But Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee, then thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and also my head. But Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not to save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all. Watch this, verse 11. For he knew who would betray him. So therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and taken out his garments and was set down again, he said, know ye not what I have done unto you? You call me master and you call me Lord. You say, well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and your master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash another feet, one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. Now, let's stop right there. When most times when you hear that, that chapter preach in John 13, we come up with the principle, well, since the Lord was able to wash the disciples' feet, then we should be able to wash and help each other and do all that. Great. Amen. Great phrase. But we miss that. We miss what just happened. Remember, look at what the look at what the text says in verse 11. This whole time, Christ knew who would betray him. And he said, you're not all clean. So he says, verse 15, I've given you an example. What's the example that you gave me? The example wasn't just him getting down on his feet as the master and washing all their feet. 
That wasn't the example. That was, that was part of it, but that wasn't the whole thing. Here was the example. Christ as the Lord and as the master and Christ being omniscient, knowing everything and knowing that Judas would betray him, still treated him exactly the same as the other 11. So what lesson are you trying to teach me, Christ? Jordan, you serve those that love you and follow you. You serve those who talk bad about you, too. You serve those that betray you, too. You serve those that are your enemies, too. That's the lesson that Christ taught. Don't just, don't just serve those who love you. Don't serve those who think you're the best thing ever. You're to serve those people, but you're also to serve your enemies. But how am I supposed to do it? Do it like Christ did it. He said, I gave you the example. So here's the condition. I'm supposed to love those that love me like Christ, but I'm supposed to love those that hate me just like Christ too. Here's the lesson for us as Christians. We don't show favoritism to those that love us or hate us. We treat them the same. Well, Jordan, how can we do that? That's impossible. No, it's not. Well, how do you know that? Because Christ did it. And here's something, Christians. Anything that Christ did in terms of scripture and commands that he taught us to do, if he did it, then I can too. If he did it, so can you. But here's the thing. It's not easy, though. So just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not achievable. No. Because Christ gave me and Christ gave you the example. We are to love one another as Christ loved us. Christ till his dying breath and all the way up to the crucifixion showed us the example of loving everyone the same, your enemies and those that love you. That's the challenge here that Christ gives us. <coughs> Excuse me. You think about it. Here, let's, let's go to this scripture really quick. Uh, let's go to, turn your Bibles to Luke, um, Luke chapter 6. There we go. There, there it is. Luke chapter 6. And this fits the point perfectly here. And Christ gives us that example. Remember what we just talked about. Not loving, loving those that love us. That's great. But we have to love our enemies too. How? The same way that those that love us love us. Look at this. Luke chapter 6, and let's start in verse, um, let's start in verse 30. Look at what the Bible says here. <clears throat> Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Watch, verse 32. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? Look, look at this. For sinners also love them. Or for sinners also love those that love them. Stop right there. So if we just love those, as Christian people, think about this. If we just love those that love us, Christ essentially here in verse 32 is saying, what makes you different than a sinner? Sinners love those that love them too. So if you just stay around the people that love you all the time, 
how are you showing my, my love? You're not. Jordan, that sounds harsh to say. Look, at verse 32 says that. So if you got something to say about it, read verse 32. Look, let's keep going. Verse 30, verse 33. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? What? For sinners also do the same. So if somebody does something good to you and you do good to them, that's great. But what if somebody does evil to you? Are you willing to do good to them? Think about it. Now, I'm talking to myself here, too. We're trying to remember. We're trying to challenge each other here. We're trying to challenge and show what real love is. Love isn't a feeling. Scriptural love isn't. Love isn't a fuzzy feeling. Love isn't, oh, well, uh, those that do good to me, I'll do good to them. But those that hate me, I'll just hate them. That's not the type of love that we need to have. Look, let's keep going. Verse 34. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. Look at the comparison that Christ is giving here in these three verses. Christ is, what makes you different? If you just love those that love you, if you just do good to those that do good to you, if you just lend to them that lend to you, what makes you different than a sinner? Nothing. So question is, if we just do those three in our Christian lives, how are we showing the love of Christ? We're not. And Christ is challenging us. That's not how I love. So, Christian, remember the last couple of weeks we talked about self-examination. Think about your love right now. Think about mine. Are you willing to love just like Christ is? Now, when most of us think of that, well, we just think about the good things that Christ did to people. Well, Christ loved those that hated him, too. The same way that he loved his disciples. Same way he loved the Father. It's the same way he loved those that follow him. That's the type of love that we need to have. Let's keep going. Verse 35. But love your enemies. Oh, wait a second. So what makes me different? What makes me different? Here's what makes you different. From verse 32 to 34. In verse 35, it says, love your enemies. Question, here's what's going to make you different. Can you love those that don't love you? Verse 33, can you be good to those that aren't good to you? Verse 34, can you lend to those that don't lend to you? Can you do that? Can I do that? Here's the thing, though, and listen closely. Christians, this isn't a divine suggestion, okay? This isn't something that Christ suggests us to do. Well, look, I want you to love your enemies to the best of your ability. I want you to know. He gives us a command. You know what a command is? A command needs to be followed. And if that command is not followed, there will be repercussions. There will be problems. You understand? This is a command, not a suggestion. And so... I ask you and I ask myself, are you willing, seriously, seriously to really look? Don't look at anyone else. 
Don't look at what anyone else is doing. Remember, you can control yourself. Do you love like Christ? Or here's a question. Do you only have half of the love of Christ? Do you only love those people that love you? It's a question we need to ask. Verse 35, let's continue. But love ye your enemies. And here's our job. And do good. And lend. And hope for nothing again. Why? Why should I do that? I don't understand why I need to do that to people who hate me. Why? It's not about them. It's about what Christ wants you to do and how he wants his love displayed through you. Well, why do I need to do that? Because your reward shall be great and you will be children of the highest. Why? Because he, God, this is, this is ultimately why we need to love like Christ. Here's why. Because he's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. So therefore, verse 36, be ye therefore merciful as your father is merciful. That's why we love like Christ. So we can be like God. We can have the love of God in us. You see, Christ had the love of God because he was willing to love those that love him and he was willing to love those that hated him the exact same way. That's what Christ's love is. Now, here's the thing. It's not easy to do that. I'm not saying it's easy to do that. But I'm saying since Christ was able to, it's able to be done because he did it first. He showed me how. He showed you how. So here's the question. When an enemy hates you and you hate them back, are you showing the love of Christ? No. Are you willing to really show God's love? Now, we just read that in Luke chapter 6. Now, let's go back to what we read in John 13. Let's go back here. Um, John 13. Now, now let's go back. Now, having all that in mind, verse 34, let's read it again. Now it'll have whole new meaning now. Now a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Why? Verse 35, by this, by what? By how you love just like you're supposed to, like me, like the Father. By this, all men, all men, all men will know that you are my disciples. But conditional little word here, if you love one another. Here's the goal of loving one another like God. Number one, we do it because he said so. And then number two, we do it so we can evangelize. Verse 35 is all about evangelism. And look at, notice this. By this, by your love, notice he doesn't say just brethren will know. Notice he doesn't say just Christians will know. He said all men, 
every single person you come in contact with will know that you are my disciple. Here's the thing. That makes you different than what we just read in Luke 6. That makes you different. Now, here's a question I want to ask you and myself. Are we missing out on the, on, in the inside, in the brotherhood, and on the outside? Are we missing out on evangelistic opportunities within and without because we can't love like Christ? Well, I'm only going to love that person if they love me back. I'm only going to treat them right if they treat me right. I'm only going to be this way if they're this way to me. They need to apologize to me. They need to do this to me. Look at that. You hear that selfish attitude there? And we had that in the church. We only love those that love us. Those that hate us, we're far away from those people. Forget the love of Christ. They did something to me. You see, when you start making it about you, and when I start making it about me, that's where we, that's where the love gets out of the way and we become prideful. And then it's all about us. And it's not about Christ's love. And it's not about the love that needs to be displayed. You see, we need to check our love. Now do you see why love isn't a fuzzy feeling? Love is an action that you make up in your mind to follow Christ. That's what agape love is. And that's the love that Christ had for us. And so he gives the commandment, love one another as I loved you. Are you willing to do that? And am I willing to do that? But you know, and, and changing our love, if your love hasn't been the right way, and if my, have, my love hasn't been the right way, you know what that'll make you do? It'll make you self-examine yourself, but it may also make you really realize the type of person that you were. It'll help you become a better person by loving the way that Christ loved, not loving with an agenda, not loving with uh, what you think needs to happen. In all situations, loving like Christ, always displaying and showing his love. That's how we're to show our love, and that's how God commands us to. Here's one more thing I want to go to. <clears throat> Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew, Matthew 5. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5. And I want to go to verse, um, verse 45. Now, remember this whole time we're talking about loving like Christ. We're supposed to be, our love is to be, um, what's the word I want to use? Our love has to be the spitting image of the Father's love. That's what he calls us to. It's a big order, and he calls us to have that type of love. Now, here's how he tells us how to do it. Luke, or Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, and let's start in verse, um, verse 43. You have heard... That it, ha that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. Notice Christ said, well, I, I, I hear you guys have been hearing this. That's, that's the trend going around. 
You've heard that you're supposed to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You've heard that. But notice, but I say unto you. That phrase, but I say unto you, totally uh, omits what happened in verse 43. I know you heard this, but forget it. I know this is what you may be doing, but don't do it again. Why? Because as the authority, now I say unto you. Now this is the new law. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. You know the word bless them there in the Greek means to speak well of, means to love. Well, who am I supposed to speak well of and to love? Your enemy. Look at this. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Lord, do you understand how hard that is? Lord, you don't understand what happened. I don't have to. Lord, you don't understand what, what's been said. I don't have to. You don't understand what, what he did. I don't have to. My command to you is to love your enemy, bless him and curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that use you, and persecute you. Why do you ask to do that? I'll show you. Verse 45, that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. Why? Because Christ does the same thing to everyone else. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. So guess what? God did it first. And he does it every single day. His grace, his mercy, and his love, they're shown to people that love him, and they're shown fully and 100% to those that hate him too. So if God can do that every single day, why can't you? If God can do that, why can't I? Look at this, verse 46. For if you love them which love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the publicans do the same? If you salute your brethren only, what more do you have than others? Don't the publicans do so? Watch this. Here's the goal. Here's why we need to love our enemies just like we love those that love us. Here's why. Because God did it, and then verse 48 answers it. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Let's close with this. And here's what Christ says here. If you only love those that love you, you're not perfect. You hear me? Did you, did you hear that phrase there? If you love those that love you only, your love's not perfect. Your love and my love. I'm not saying this. The scripture is we just read this. Your love and my love becomes perfect when I can be willing to love those that love me and love those that hate me exactly the same treat both the same well how do you how do you know that's what the scripture's saying i don't i don't know if that's true all right here we go let's read it again verse 45 for he who's that talking about god he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust there's your answer god did it and he does it every day and he's been doing it so in order for our love to be perfect, 
we got to be like God. So, so here it is. Let's put it together. So if you just love those that love you, your love's not like God. Your love is just like the sinners and the publicans. Wow. Think about that for a second. Think about that. If you just love those that love you, your love is just like the sinners. It's not special. Your love's just like a publican. It's not special because they do it. What makes your love special and what makes mine special is loving just like God. Then verse, thir- verse 47 or verse 48, then your love is perfect like God's in heaven. That's the goal, brethren. Now you see why love is not a fuzzy feeling. Now you see why love is not, oh, this, I feel so good about, that's not what love is. Love is a mental choice. Listen, listen now. Love is a mental choice and a mental decision to love everyone exactly the same whether they love you or hate you, just like God. That's what love is. And that is when the scripture becomes real. When we love one another. As there's the command, as Christ has loved us. What an, what an amazing topic. What an amazing lesson. You know, we, that part of love really isn't discussed because we like to stay with the positive but look at those passages again. Look at, look at Matthew 5 again. Look at Luke 6 again. Look at, look at John 13 again. If you don't look at, look at it yourself. Read it. That's what the scripture says. It's not my opinion. It's not what I think. It's not my teaching. That's what the scripture says. And that's when it becomes real because it's hard. It's not easy. Loving those that love us is easy. Sinners can do that. Publicans can do that. But what's hard is loving those that love you and loving those that hate you or loving those that hate you too. That's what makes it hard. But it can be done because Christ showed me first. And since Christ was the example, I'll follow him. I hope you will too. So that's the that's the podcast for today. Loving one another. That was such a great study. Awesome, awesome book. And just the way that Christ challenges us to love. Um, it just makes you a better person and it helps the brotherhood and it helps the church's cause. That's what we're supposed to do. And I don't know about you, but that's, that's the type of love that I want to have. And I hope that's the type of love you want to have. Um, so just continue to love the right way. Love how the scripture tells you to love. Uh, and just, just continue to follow what the scripture says. And I hope you will. And I, I'll uh, continue to try to do my best as well. So that's the podcast for today. And thank you all for listening so much. Also, continue. Please subscribe and share on YouTube. Look up when the scriptures become real. Subscribe there. Subscribe on my LinkedIn account. Look up Jordan Pugh. Uh, Then it's right there on my page. Also, you can look up when the scriptures become real on Twitter. I'm there as well. PewJ25. Um, Also on iTunes and on Google Play. So we're continuing to... Uh, try to grow and try to get some good material out there. Uh, so continue to pray for me in this work. Um, 
also continue to pray for the work where you are, and uh, hopefully things continue to go well. Uh, so continue to bless. Uh, uh, hopefully the Lord continue to bless, uh, bless all of our efforts. Thank you all so much.